We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, now pleased to be joined by Memphis head coach Penny Hardaway. And listen, Penny, it's been a, a a crazy last year or so in college hoops, right? I mean, tons of changes. Obviously, COVID year wasn't uh, real for anybody. It was kind of a, a challenging time. But college basketball going through so much right now. You being a former player, okay, who started in college, who played in the league, who sees some of these changes coming as a head coach now, whether it's you know, the one-time transfer rule, whether it's name, image, likeness. What worries you the most about college hoops? Uh, I guess the thing that worries me most about college hoops is the loyalty. The loyalty part. I think that's the, that's the main thing. You, you're with the team and you can get everything that you want in that year and still transfer. You know, there's no loyalty to the school. I mean, you had some guys transferring, playing 32 minutes a game, 30 minutes a game, 28 minutes a game. What more do you want? And I know some guys want to go from a smaller level, maybe to a higher level, but the higher level guys that were getting things that they wanted, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't understand. No, I mean, I'm with you. I mean, you had three of them last year, right? I mean, three dudes who played a lot of time and all transferred somewhere else. Is there anything that can be done? I mean, people are like, well, if you have great relationships with the kids, and, and I say that's kind of BS because you could have the greatest relationship with a kid, but if he's the number three scorer, he wants more, more touches, more plays mm-hmm. run for him. It, it almost doesn't matter. If he's the best player, he's probably leaving for the league. Yeah, I think that, um, you know, especially with the guys that left me, I had really good relationships with all those guys. And like you said, they just wanted more for themselves individually. Right. You know, being the third best is not the second or the first, or, or not the first. Being the second best is not the first. If you're the first, you're going to the league. So – that's what happens, and you have to look at it as a business. So what, what's it been like navigating? And you did a good job. I mean, you lost a lot, but you obviously navigated the, the transfer portal uh, fairly well. And then uh, we'll get into your your reclassified uh, duo here in a minute. Yeah. But what's it been like going through the transfer portal? I mean, it's just kind of a, a product of the environment right now. You have no choice, right? Right, absolutely. You have to, when in Rome, do what the Romans do, and everybody's going to do it. You know, it's just um... – it's a situation where you're going to get kids to transfer and you have to replace that. We lost a lot, you know, in Boogie, DJ, and, uh, and Musa and Damian Ball. And you have to go and try to find guys that are uh, comparable or 
that are going to come in and make an impact right away. Yeah. And we felt like we did that in this, uh, in this offseason in the portal. All right, let's get to your coaching staff first. Because, man, we could spend like an entire hour on your staff. I mean, uh -huh. it, it is crazy. Like, I don't, I don't think there's been a staff like this ever. Well, I know there hasn't been a staff like this ever in college basketball, right? You get you, and then you add Larry Brown who I don't even know how old he is, but the dude just wants to coach 24-7. Like, I've heard the yeah. stories from Jay Wright, and Jay would be like, yeah, yeah, like, he'd come to my practices every day at Villanova, and after practice, he'd want to talk for, like, an hour. And eventually, Jay was like, I love you, man, but I got to put an assistant on you because I don't have time for this every <laughs> single day. Um, what, what's it like having Larry Brown, and what was that decision like to bring him aboard? No, it's great having Coach Brown because, like, everyone knows he's a wealth of knowledge. There hasn't been like one scenario in basketball that he has not seen. Now, obviously, there's some things that have changed in the game. Yeah. It's, you know, he was in his heyday or really coaching, but he understands and he adapts well. But, you know, it was it was important for me to bring him here because I played for him when I was with the Knicks. And I just loved his values and how he approached the game. And uh, a lot of people feels like he's aggressive. He's shrewd. He's it's my way or the highway. Sometimes you need that. Yeah. You know, sometimes you got to lead being leaders. And being in leadership, it's tough. You have to do some things that people aren't going to like. And Coach Brown wasn't afraid to do those things. But on the flip side of it, he cares so much about his players and about his staff and only wants the best. So having him around is, has been beautiful for us. And then the other one you bring in, you bring in Sheed. And, like, everybody's like, Sheed's coaching? Like, nobody thought Sheed would have been a coach <laughs> as a player. Am I wrong? No, you're right. And he said that numerous times. And he's also stated that. Hey, man, I said I'd never be a college coach and look at me. I'm here now. That's why you can never say never. But Rashid is self-explanatory as well. Uh, a lot of energy. Yep. A guy that played the game at the highest level. Was one of the first bigs to stretch inside, outside, shooting at yeah. three, you know, and doing it at a very high level. Uh, knows the game exceptionally well. Loves the kids. And he was coaching AAU in high school. Yep. And he came to town for the Allen Iverson Classic. Um, he was in that, in that game. He was one of the coaches. And I have a podcast. Calls my called my two cents, and I brought him, Darius Miles, and all the guys up to interview, and then I did their interview, their um podcast, him and him and uh, Bonzi Wells and and uh, Rashid. So I said, you know what, man, these guys are very knowledgeable about the game. I approached Rashid one day and said, you know, well, how would you feel about coaching? And he was like, well, I got a couple friends, a couple buddies that are going to go. They're up for jobs in the NBA. I told them that I would go if they became the head coach. It didn't happen. We revisited, and he's here now. So it's been amazing for not only myself, but for the players as well. All right, so the, the over-under on the, the number of texts Rashid gets this year from the bench, what is it? And what what's the fine? I'll say he'll get two. Because, you know, coaches <laughs> in college don't get his text. But I think he'll get two. I can hear him going, that's some bull. <laughs> I can see him. You know he's going to. And, and you're just going to turn around and, and laugh at him, aren't you? I'm just going to clap it up and fire the team up. Like, okay, Sheet. I have not gotten a tech because it's so funny. People go, you don't, you don't get on the refs enough. I get on the refs enough, but you have to be strategic. Being a point guard, you have to go, I have a plan here. I'm not going to piss this guy off. So when we need to call it at the end of the game, right. he's going to ignore me. You fans are crazy. You guys are supposed to be the ones on him. I'm supposed to be thinking logically and playing chess. You guys are playing checkers. So Rasheed will be the one to get the tech first. I've always said that. Like, here in Boston, I've talked to Jason Tatum about it a bunch because as a young player, 
you know, he throws his arms up and, and complains. And I said to him, I'm like, dude, like if you keep doing that, you're going to get that reputation and you're not going to get that call. Penny, how much worse has it gotten in the NBA? Like from when you played as a star player, now every star is bitching and complaining. I don't remember that when you played. No, we didn't, we didn't, we didn't do that. Um, you know, there's a certain sense of entitlement where they feel like they've established themselves as the best and that they deserve more than the rest. Back when we played, the stars just went out and just got after it. Right. And I mean, this is today's game. These kids work so hard. They have their development teachers and their, you know, their guys that, and they work on their crafts. And if somebody disrupts that, it's almost like, how could you not call it? I'm not going to miss that. I work on that play all the time. I work on that move all the time. And it doesn't help you because it works against you. No, I mean, some guys, Boogie Cousins kills him, killed him. I remember Kendrick Perkins here in Boston killed him. Not that it mattered with him that much, but who do you remember like when it started? Did it start with like the LeBron, Chris Paul, like that group a little bit? And they, they talked to the refs so much. I, I, you know, I think it's like that in college with some coaches too, where I feel like how do these refs, honestly, how are they able to call the game effectively if, if you want to talk to them all the time? Well, I mean, this is the negotiations uh, uh, era where the kids are going to talk to the refs. They're not going to leave the refs alone because, like I said, they work so hard on their games. They're like, you're not going to embarrass me and not call that. You know, and that's basically where we are right now. And they feel like I'm, I'm entitled and deserving of their call because I work so hard in the gym on my game. I deserve that. Yep. All right. So you all I don't know if almost is the right word. But Orlando certainly was talking to you. You had a long conversation that wasn't supposed to be long, but I heard it ended up like a marathon uh, interview, whatever you want to call it, with the Magic uh, and their brass. How close was that to happening, Penny? And how much down the road would you like to, once you've done what you want to accomplish at your alma mater, how much would you like to go into the league? Because I, I don't think any coach – wants to fly across the country and recruit 16-year-olds uh, until they're they're 60 years old. You got about, you know, you're, you're 50 like me. I don't know how much longer you got to be on the phone <laughs> all day with these recruits and fly all the way across the country just so you can wave at them. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, first, back to the magic. It was an unbelievable uh, conversation. It was, uh, it was a situation where I learned a lot there. Uh, they learned a lot about me that they didn't know. And uh, it sparked the interest at the highest level from both sides. You know, I don't know when we went into that room, if it was going to even do that to either one of us. And getting there, it did. And it became real for about a week. Very real from their side and from my side. And then obviously with me not being in the league over the last 13 years, a lot of things have changed. Um, It's not about just the staff making decisions. It's about the whole entire organization making the decisions together collectively, which I'm fine with because I can adapt to anything. And it, it became really real. And uh, I was proud of Jamal, who I've seen grow over the years, Mosey, uh, with um, paying his dues, being under some really great tutelage and coaches in the league. And to be rewarded like that, that was awesome for him. But for me, yeah, one day, once I've accomplished the things that I wanted to accomplish at Memphis, I would love to coach uh, in the NBA. I would love for it to be Orlando. Um, not knowing whatever whatever happens happens, and that's no knock on Jamal or anything. That's just kind of where I where I kind of hung my hat. That's where I made my damage 
uh, known. But if another team comes later on in the next years to come, and then I'm definitely going to look at that very seriously as well. And it's like you say, I don't know how much longer I could do it with the recruitment at the highest level. Uh, I, I have so much respect for Coach K, Coach Cal, Coach Self, Coach, you know, Coach Huggins, all these coaches, Coach Hamilton, you know, Coach Tom, Coach Thompson when he was living, you know, rest in peace. Yeah. Uh, Coach Chaney, rest in peace. Those guys did it for so many years. That's extremely tough. And uh, for me, I don't, I don't know if I can, I could do it that, that, that long, that tenure of 20, 30 years, you know. Before we move on, let me tell you guys a little bit about our partners over at Bet River Sportsbook. If you haven't signed up for Bet Rivers yet, now is the time because they are offering a $250 match bonus for your first deposit. But what sets them apart is that they require just one playthrough to turn your bonus into cash money. With their rush pay instant approval, withdrawing your winnings is safer, it's more secure, and it's more reliable. Now that basketball season is tipping off, Get in on the action at betrivers.com today or by downloading the BetRivers iOS app. You must be 21 years or older. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. And while I got you here, let's talk about the Field of 68 Media Network, where college basketball matters most all year round. This is a digital media and podcast network that we've been building over the course of the last year. We have shows hosted by some of your favorite players covering the program that they love the most. A.J. Guyton hosts the House of Hoosier. Eric Devendorf covers Syracuse on the scorer's table. Dan Dickow hosts the Gonzaga Bulldog broadcast. We have Florida's Patrick Young and Duke's Andre Dawkins and North Carolina's Shimon Williams and Michigan's Stu Douglas and Illinois' Deion Thomas. The list goes on and on and on. We have more than 30 shows right now. So hit the links below and check them all out. And while you're at it, make sure that you go check out the Field of 12 Media Network, your home for college football. Well, you know, you know what, Big John and, and, and John Chaney, um, rest in peace to both of them. They never had to deal with name, image, likeness, and and that's gonna right. listen. That that gets a lot more gray hair, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, it does. It does because you have competition. Right. You know, you have the overtime league. Yep. You have the G League. You know, you have overseas. You have more competition, but the NIL helps us kind of fight a little bit. You know, well, it helps, it I think it helps you guys. I do think yeah, it, helps it helps Memphis more than a lot of other programs because, again, the the backing that you have in that city with with the program is, is amazing, right? I mean, but, not every city has that, and you know, everybody thinks FedEx is just going to drop like a oh, couple million on every kid. They do. Right. I mean, that, that's that's what everybody said, right? You know what's so you know what's so weird, uh, Jeff, is I haven't had to use NIL to sign one kid yet. Really? No kid has made that the deciding factor. Every kid has just chosen our staff, you know, but it's still for us, the NIL, it's still kind of in my mind, still helps college basketball for guys to be able to come on campus, get on campus and feel comfortable saying that with my name, image and likeness, I can at least make something yeah. instead of not making anything at all. Yeah. I mean, listen, again, what people don't understand is, is what you can sell is two NBA players who played at the highest level and a coach who's been in the NBA for 30 years. Yep. So, but it will get to a point where you'll have to, in order to beat somebody for a, a player, NIL will be a factor. You know that. I'm sure eventually, I'm sure eventually it will be. Yeah. I'm sure eventually it will be right now. It has, it has not been the case. All right. So l- let's get to your team this year a little bit. And again, 
a lot of roster turnover. No different yeah. than a lot of other teams, but man, it's hard to keep up, right? You got transfers, you know, leaving, uh, transfers coming in, uh, good players coming back. But I think uh, let's start with with the two reclassified freshmen because they're they're what has put you in a spotlight right now that everybody is going to look at you. And, and I think I had you in the top twenty five ish prior to them arriving. But yeah. Jalen Dern and Amani Bates can be difference makers. Um, let's start with Amani and his role. I saw him play a lot at the PTM. I talked to him for a long period of time. And the first thing I want to say is I think he gets a bad rap in terms of how people maybe view and talk about him. He is a sweet kid. He's yeah. shy. He's quiet. Um, yeah. And he is talented, Pat. I think they, they just to speak on that, they take his competitive edge and they use it to be more of an entitlement phase, right. a prima donna phase, a guy that's cocky. He's very confident in who he is, and he wants to compete at the highest level. And the way he expresses himself, it bothers some people, but that's just who he is. He's not trying to disrespect anyone. He's trying to say, hey, I'm here to fight. I'm here to compete on every single night. Now, the way that he's played in the past, where he's had to be the majority score, and people take, see him taking a lot of shots and all that, they think that he doesn't want to play with better players. It all has to be about him. And when I finally started talking to him and, and, and building a relationship, I learned very quickly that that's what he wanted to. He wanted to get rid of that image that people had of him. He wants to play with better players, and he wants to be a part of a team. And getting him here, I understood that about him. He wants to be the guy that be the team first guy. He wants to be the guy that averages six to eight assists. He wants to be the guy that wins all the scoring and everything. He's done that in his career at the early age. He's only 17 years old. Yeah, yeah. You know, and you think he was 30 years old by the way that people have, you uh, know, put him in the spot over all these years. And it's been unfair. Uh, he has admitted to some immaturity in some phases of his career, but it was so much pressure. He was just trying to get the pressure off of him. But as far as a unbelievable player, showing leadership through his hard work, uh, being a great teammate since he stepped on campus, it's, it's been a blessing to have him here. So when I saw him two years ago, it was just score. That's all I saw yep. from him. Mm -hmm. This past summer, and I said this to him, the thing that really blew me away was his court vision and his ability to pass. Now, he's still a scorer at his core. Yeah, for no sure. No doubt about it. But yep. he's got some of that, and who better to learn the point guard spot and how to, how to do everything than, than you. So how much do you envision playing him at the point this year? How will you use him? Yeah, I, I would play him at the point a lot. Obviously, you know, smaller guards are going to try to get under him. But he's going to, by the time season starts, he's going to know every – because we have fantastic guards that get up and pressure him. And he's actually game mode already right now in practice because of Tyler Harris, because of Alex Lomax, and because of those guys that can get up and pressure. So he's learning uh, on the fly. But I'll play him at the point guard a lot. But the one thing that he doesn't get credit enough is the vision. The passes that he's made already in practice – Man, no, when he, he has the talent it. around him, he looks yeah. special. He looks, it looks very good. Yeah. Things that people probably hadn't seen him do on the previous teams that he's been on, he's doing that now. But he's always had that. You can tell that that doesn't happen overnight. Right. He's always right. had that. He's always kind of pretty much had the mindset, I got to do what I got to do. If I got to go get 40 or 50 for us to win, I got to do that. Now I know I don't have to get 20, 30, 40, 50 every night. I got a better cast. Yep. He's learning how to use this guy's kind of liking it too how LeBron did when he first went to Miami, when he had Ray Allen, Mike Miller, yep. Shane Battier, 
you know, and all those guys around. And yeah. D Wade, he's learned how to utilize playing with Chris Bosch and all those guys. That's what Imani's doing right now and loving it. So he goes with Jalen Dern, who he played with in the summer, and, and they've got a good friendship. I was able to see that in Augusta. Uh, so that probably makes them both more comfortable uh, coming to Memphis. But Jalen is a, you know, six nine man child. I mean, he's just big, strong, uh, athletic, tough, all of it. Uh, the one thing he's not, Penny, or, or I didn't see it as much, is super skilled. But my guess is, Rashid is going to work with him on that all day, every day to, to kind of expand that game and be able to step out and, and shoot it from the perimeter. Um, describe Jalen's game and kind of, again, how you foresee him fitting in with you. The great thing about Jalen's game is he is who he is. He knows who he is. He doesn't even apologize for knowing that he's a rim runner. Really? That he catches lives, that he rim protects, that he sets great screens, he's French in the screens. That's great. But what he also knows is that I want my game to evolve. He wants to be a, a highly, a higher skilled player with the ball in his hands. He wants to be able to stretch it out to the NBA three. He wants to be able to, which we're going to have him doing, flash to the mid post and play out of it like the Princeton said, like the Joker does, Jokic does in Denver. You know, he can do all, he is a great passer, has a high IQ. Um, so to me, he's a guy that doesn't have an identity crisis. Whatever any team that wants him, wants him to do, He's going to do it to the best of his ability. He's going to understand that this is what's going to help us win. And he's willing to do whatever it takes. And both kids are very coachable. They are. I mean, you could tell. Like, that's one of the things that, again, blew me away about both of them and, and was lost with Imani. Like, the biggest – and I told him this. The biggest uh, – the, the, the time when I was the most impressed with him was when he was on the bench with Team Final. And he was the first one up, yelling, screaming, congratulating dudes – just happy for his teammates because, again, people had this kind of perception of him that it was all about him. And I, I don't think that's accurate. I, I really don't. I think that's completely inaccurate, and I think that was one of the ways that uh, that he he showed it. Now, now you just got to get him to defend consistently. Yes, that's the one thing that he said as well. Well, that's another thing that he said. He said, Coach, I'm not a great defender. I want to be the best. I want to be a great two-way player. I know my weaknesses. I know where I'm at. And he said, I need you to challenge me every day on that. I said, you don't have to worry. I'm going to challenge. He wants it. Yeah. So he knows his weaknesses. He's admitted it to me. And he's like, hey, I'm not terrible, but I'm not where I need to be for what I can bring offensively. I want to I want to match both sides. Yep. I want to mirror one another. And I told him it's going to take hard work. It's going to take a lot of hard work because now you have to exert a ton of energy on defense. Right. How much energy are you going to have on the offensive end now when everything was pretty much on one side of the ball? Yes. But yes. He's, ready. he's ready for that challenge. All right, so you got the, these three dudes coming back that, listen, Landers, uh, DeAndre, Lester were all good last year. I mean, they all put up, you know, double figures for the most part. And, and now they got these young bucks coming in and everybody's going to talk about these young guys, right? Yep. Let's face it, we're, we're doing it already. Who did I start with? I started yep. with these two young guys. How hard is it? How much is chemistry going to be maybe the number one thing for you guys to succeed this year? And those guys accepting their roles. And honestly, Landers, you might not average as many as you did last year, or it might be your night one night, and, and the next night you take a backseat to one of these other dudes. Right. Um, that's one, two, and three for us. Chemistry. That's one, two, and three. I mean, you got to understand, everybody has that human characteristic of, okay, we got these great players, but don't forget about me. You know, DeAndre is very confident in his game. Landers very confident. 
Leicester very confident. They've welcomed these kids with kids with open arms, but we do know the season hasn't started yet. <laughs> Once the season starts and it isn't about you, how are you going to respond? And that's how our season is going to go. With those veterans understanding, you know, hey, I'm still going to play. I'm still going to be a big part of it. It might not be about me every night. Are you willing to sacrifice that and be happy for your teammate if it isn't going your way that night, but the team is winning? And that's the biggest question mark by University of Memphis. Yeah, because if you win, listen, if you win, it's a lot harder to bitch you can play. Yep. Right? I mean, but if you're losing, then you know you're going to have to deal with some issues with guys saying, well, we're we're not winning. I I want more. Why aren't I playing more? No matter who it's going to be. Why why aren't I getting more touches? Uh, But I feel like, again, you've done what you've done. And, And the other part I tell people is you're not a rookie head coach anymore. Right. Right. What what have you learned over the first few years now that you feel so much more comfortable taking on a team like this that has you had it a couple of years ago with expectations with certainly with Wiseman, with Precious, yep. with Boogie, yep. that group coming in. Now you didn't get to coach them the way you wanted yep. to. That that's a big part of it with Wiseman. But but even two years removed from that, how much have you learned? What have you learned that will enable you to maybe be a better coach this year? The biggest thing I've learned, Jeff, and I talked about this the other day when I sat back and was like, what is the biggest thing I've learned? It's to, it's almost like the, um, the Greg Popovich way. The culture overrides everything. Yeah. Where in the past, you've kind of let some players kind of get away with some things and still play. Yeah. Now there's, there's non-negotiables and zero, zero tolerance if you're not buying into every single thing that we do. We're going to actually play the players that are going to do exactly what I'm telling them to do. And I know we'll win that way. Yeah. You'll, you'll make an NCAA tournament. You'll, you'll compete against the better teams. If we do that and hold them accountable and, and keep them on that path, then you have there are no excuses. You actually have to do exactly yeah. what we're saying. That, that's from the stars, from Imani to Jalen to Landers to Lester to DeAndre. Nobody's an exception to that rule. You can't bend a little bit. Because if you do, you lose your team. That's where I've grown the most. Because in the past, being a player, yeah. you kind of allow players to, you know, sure. to, to mumble here, to be, you know, unhappy here, there. Because well, you've you know, seen they, it. You, you've seen it. You've probably done it in the past. Right. Let's be honest. Yeah. And then you just go, okay, the coaches that win, these are the rules. It's in black and white. You see it. If you can't abide by those rules, then you can't play. Or you won't play much. Especially in college, right, Penny? Yeah, in it's college different. you have to. Right. The league is different. College, you have to, you have to believe in that that culture. You have to, you have to sell your culture. What else is the key? You mentioned chemistry is obviously number one, two, and three. All right, after chemistry, if I said to you, with a team, what is the key? Is it point guard play? Because again, to me, you can't win at the highest level without quality point guard play. Uh, Amani. Right. Alo, I mean, what do you do here if the Amani experiment doesn't work at the point? Well, our thing is by committee. We have so many guys. We have point forwards in DeAndre Williams. Yeah. We have point point forwards in Earl Timberlake. Yeah. You know, so it's like we are the way we run our offense. You don't have to have like the the, the you know the stereotypical PG yeah. because we're not a system. We play out of concepts. Right. So that helps us not having to have a floor general every single time bringing the ball up to get us calm down to get us organized and all that, which is what good point, great point guards do. 
for us, we can take a six nine guy and have him bring the ball up and still get into our stuff. Earl, Earl, I saw is injured. What he had surgery in the offseason. What? Yeah, he's like ninety percent right now, so he's almost back to one hundred. And uh, he is a phenomenal piece for us to have because of his toughness, his playmaking ability, uh, his winning attitude. Um, just, just love everything about him, man. He's just a, he's an assassin. What don't you have on this team that you wish you had? Is there anything? What don't I have? I think, honestly, you could talk about having that stereotypical point guard. You could talk about having that. Um, right, alongside, guy, alongside one of these guys. Alongside right? one of the other guys. Because Alex can do it. Yep. Imani can do it. But you don't have that, that all-around guy. You know what I mean? Like that elite Sure. And that's not on my guys because Alex Lomax is one of the best defenders in the country and is going to work his ass off. Gonna He's play a hard. great backup. He's one of the best backup point guards in the country. Absolutely. He is. And Imani is a puppy. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? Right. He's a puppy, yes. but he's going to go and compete on a nightly basis. But I think the biggest word that you said, what's the next thing that besides um, chemistry is sacrifice? Yep, they're going to have to, right? They're going to have to sacrifice. It's not going to be big numbers. One guy's not going to get 40 on a given night. It's just not going to happen. Right. It's just the way our team is built. It's so many weapons. It's just not going to happen. Everybody just has to be happy for one another. And if you play the right way, then things are going to happen the way that they're supposed to happen. Uh, final question for you. Pressure. Do you feel it a little bit? I mean, you haven't done – you haven't gotten the team the tournament yet. Uh, again – it was hard a couple of years ago without Wiseman and, and yeah. you were young. Uh, do you feel it? Do you want it with this team? No, I do. I want that, that, that extra feeling of, okay. And I told our, our, our whole team and our staff, we haven't done anything yet. You know, that's why we're not getting our respect. So that adds the pressure to be like, all right, we know who we are. We know what we have to do. And that is to have on your, on your shoulders every single day, the chips on your shoulders is what I want. So that pressure is wanted and needed at the same time because once you just relax, we have no time to relax, I should say, you know, because we have not accomplished it. Yeah, we had the the one season with the uh, COVID when James left. Yeah. But James gone and DJ Jeffries was hurt. Right. We don't know what would have happened then. Um, the first year I inherited Coach Tubby's team. Last year it was the NCAA team, and we didn't believe in those two words. Chemistry and sacrifice weren't the two top words. Yep. Now you have the best best roster I've had. Let's see. Should it. be in, right? I mean, honestly, this should be a locked tournament team, shouldn't it? Absolutely. That's no that's no doubt in my mind. No doubt in my mind. All right. Well, listen, there you have it. Uh 50-year-old Penny Hardaway. Did you turn 50? You did, I did. right? I did. In I know July. you're right, right there with me. You said it did not affect you at all. Uh, it did hit me a little bit. I'm better now. I'm better now, but I won't <laughs> lie to you. When I turned 50. On the day, I was a little screwed up. <laughs> no, nah, I'm enjoying life because everything that we're going through in our society, turning 50 is a blessing now. No, you know, you're right. You know, it used to be, oh, my God, I'm turning 50. Now I'm turning 50. I'm still here. I'm, I'm alive. I'm happy. I'm well. You know. I just, listen, I just don't like all the gray hair I got. I got I know, to me too. I have gray. It's not good. That That's the part 
you know, when my daughter starts telling me, uh, you know, I got a bald spot growing and hair's <laughs> getting grayer. Come on. Like you gotta, you gotta be nice to, if you want me to give you money, you Absolutely. gotta be nicer to me. Absolutely. Don't be mean to me. Exactly. Me. All right. <laughs> thanks, my man. I appreciate right, no it. Uh, hope all is well. And uh, thanks for joining me. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.